0: this is Jeff Cobra and we welcome you to this Disney Insights Podcast. Well, after what has perhaps been the longest wait for an announced restaurant, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue has finally opened in Toy Story Land at Disney's Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World. What is this restaurant all about and is it worth dining at? We look at the setting, the food, and the service. And at the end, we compare it to other barbecue-style offerings around Walt Disney World and even beyond. We even compare it to what I believe is the worst restaurant experience I've had at Walt Disney World to date. So, is this new offering worth getting a reservation? And by the way, Jeff, how did you manage to pull that off? Well, we'll share all of this and more in our Roundup Rodeo Barbecue Review. This podcast, as well as others, is brought to you by Performance Journeys, celebrating its 20th year as a training and development group, bringing best in business ideas through keynotes, workshops, seminars, and amazing benchmarking programs to organizations in the public, private, nonprofit sectors. I mentioned benchmarking programs because... Um, one of the things we do is we bring groups to Walt Disney World, to Orlando, to other locations. We've been to Shanghai and Singapore, to Paris, California. We've done a lot of programs in California. We go and visit best-in-business organizations, and most of the time, some of the Disney uh, parks throughout the globe. So you, and and by the way, much of what makes that happen is a little segue here is made possible by, well, out the door travel. And I have to mention out the door travel because David saved my tail. First of all, he managed to figure out how to get me a uh, reservation for this very popular, very popular restaurant, very busy, very popular restaurant. So he first of all managed to do that. But beyond that, this morning, as I have just finished up a three-hour or a three-mile swim, I went over to um, do an oil change, and I'm sitting there getting an oil change, and all of a sudden I get a call from David, and David says, "Are you at the studios, or did you cancel your reservation?" Reminding me that going to Roundup Rodeo Barbecue was today for some reason, I thought it was next week. And I had gotten confused. I'd even talked to my daughter about coming with me next week. And now it was the very moment I should have been checking in. Only I'm on the other side of Orlando. Well, I'm a good 17-minute drive from Walt Disney World. So fortunately, the the oil uh, loop job had, had, was coming to an end. I hustled over to Walt Disney World, got in through the gates, came in. Um, actually, it looked like I could go online to, to, um, to check in, uh, but it didn't accept my check-in. And I was 40 minutes late from the check-in time getting to the podium. I have to say I am thrilled that somehow I managed to get... Um, I managed to get a table and um, unfortunately I couldn't bring anybody because it was last minute I couldn't go back home grab my daughter it was just go do this or pay the penalty for not having shown up Um, so that was the downside of this but let me tell you this review today is made possible by David because he called me up to remind me of this review and I mind you that's not exactly what David does as a travel agent all the time but I am always astonished by the many things he and Leah and others on that team do in order to reach out and make sure the people who are going on their once-in-a-lifetime trip to Walt Disney World have got it all together. So if you are thinking about that that trip, you really do need to reach out to David and um, and the folks there at Out the Door Travel and and make sure that you have them looking after your best interest. It doesn't cost you anything and yet he does an amazing job whether it's it's a trip to Walt Disney World or one of the other parks or Disney Cruise Line or even another cruise. there's lots of ways Disney or the lots of ways that David can make your travel happen. So, I have to give them I have to give him credit for making this review possible. Now, Let's get to, well, let's get to this experience. I wanna talk about the arrival um, experience. I wanna talk about the dining room and the setting and the theme. And and then I really wanna talk about uh, the meal and the service and all that's involved there. So we have lots to talk about. As you show up, the Roundup Rodeo Barbecue is just to the right after you pass by the larger than life Woody. It's before you get to Slinky Dog Dash as you're heading from the front of the park toward the back of the park. There is, um, it has um, a play on the idea that Andy has established his own rodeo using his Toy Story friends. And he's created, he's taken cardboard boxes and he's kind of fashioned them together and he's propped it out and put all his toys in there and set it up so that there is this complete um pretend rodeo experience. And so that's what you experience. You come through the entrance archway, the signage, you you come to a podium at the entrance. There are strollers to the right and before you even enter the restaurant, pay attention to some of the diagrams that are around you. First off, um there is um in the uh, courtyard where you're waiting, you could sit on a a set of dominoes while you're waiting, you'll see a very large belt buckle. That belt buckle plays a role later on because what happens in, well, I'll try to come back to it a little later on, but it plays a very, and in fact, we'll have a video on it. And by the way, at DisneyInsights.com, we have a lot of photos and trying to get some video in there as well. And... Uh, and so you're going to see all of this play out that I'm going to describe. But that belt buckle plays a role later on. Let me just say that. And then as you get to the entrance doors, which are like barn doors, you'll look on the left and the right, and you'll see what is kind of like some of the... kind of an advertisement of the, of the, of the rodeo acts. You have basically... Um, Jessie on top of, and I apologize, I forget her name, the one who is the rhino, the dinosaur type rhino, but they provide, they are the rodeo stunt team. And that's all been kind of drawn in on top of um, the uh, Triceratop uh, pull toy. Then on the other side, you have Bo Peep as a deluxe figurine with her three sheep, but there's a post that added to it says, um, Deluxe Figurine, Bo Peep, and the Leaping Sheep. And so they become their own act in the restaurant or in this setting that you're going to go to. You pass the barn doors and you enter into an entry area level indoors. And immediately you see a big old um, sheriff's badge and a sign on top saying, welcome rodeo fans. Um, Bullseye is kind of on the other side as well as another horse. And there is a stack of hay and there's some additional dominoes to kind of wait in that area. There are restrooms to the left and those restrooms are very similar in style to the restrooms in the Toy Story Land. Very, very similarly themed, much smaller, but probably a lot cleaner than the ones in um, out there among the guests. So, um, strolling by, so probably you and again, there's also a quieter restroom as you head toward the front of the park, on the right as you um, get to the old Incredibles area. That's another option as well. But anyway, know that there are some restrooms there. I have to point out another piece of signage. Again, kind of getting you kind of excited. The amazing rope and Woody um, with spring action, and he shows a picture that he's drawn of Emperor Zerg and Woody has managed to tie him with a rope. And that, too, is kind of all these three posters, the two outside and the one inside, is kind of playing out what the experience is going to be as you enter this restaurant. There's another podium there, and then behind the podium are some really cute little um, stick horses. And you are able to grab a stick horse and follow um, follow, uh, the greeter to your table and ride your stick horse there. I was so, I I thought it was so cute. And I took a picture of the guy leading, um, many of the guests in there. He'd skip along, you know, as he was riding the horse, totally into the experience. It is such a very cool, the cast are very excited about this. In fact, I happen to know another greeter wasn't working that time. Unfortunately, but in talking to him about this restaurant and its offerings, he has been nothing but excited. He's a first-time cast member at Disney and he is so excited and there's good reason to be excited. This is this is a very promising restaurant. Now, that's probably a good point of opportunity to say this. I'm not really big on barbecue. I am not barbecue's biggest fan. In fact, my wife does most of the grilling outside because she just seems to know how to do it better. I probably would undercook everything. We don't have a smoker. That seems like a lot of it just I'm and I'm and I'm not that big a fan of going to places. And we have some really good places around here for barbecue, but I'm not a big fan of barbecue. I also have to tell you, I'm not a the world's biggest fan of Toy Story. Now, I have to acknowledge and I was watching the Pixar story the other day. You can't have Pixar without without Toy Story. It really is it is to Pixar what Snow White was to the Disney Studios. So, um with all you have to show all due respect to what Toy Story has in you might think, eh, it's too much Toy Story. I have to say when the announcement came out about this restaurant, I was like, I was thinking, okay, I don't mind another restaurant, but really, are, are we really needing a barbecue place themed to Toy Story? You know, I, at the same time, I think the Space 220 restaurant was announced right around that same time, if not at the same time. And I saw that, I saw the possibility of that, I've also done Space 220, which is such a wow when you step in. But I have to tell you that the wow drops off at Space 220, largely because of the food, largely because there's only so much to do there as you kind of look into the vastness of space. It just drops off. On the other hand, I gotta tell you, I am really impressed by this restaurant because when you step into the dining room this thing plays at a level of detail that is beyond any other toy story themed environment i have seen in all walt disney parks globally it really is at another level it probably would be emblematic it would probably be parallel i put it that way to the queue in Toy Story Mania. But even that, I would say they have doubled the detail in this restaurant and what you have. Now, you have two dining rooms, but they're pretty, it's a pretty, it's kind of opened up and you could see the corrugated cardboard between the one area and the other area as if he has, you know, cut out two two sides of two cardboard boxes and kind of mesh them together. And then I guess a third cardboard box would represent the entry area. And you see when you first step in, Trixie, thank you, I'm finally remembering, this um, Triceratops. I said rhinosaurus. You're probably all screaming at me on this. Trixie is a Triceratops and she's being ridden by Jesse at the top. It's a little Jesse kind of... Um, Playmobil looking style Jesse and Trixie is kind of um, a motion cutout. Well, actually no, it's actually like a pool toy because you see the rope in front and the wheels and so you see how Andy has shown has, has put together this again this what he's referring to as the rodeo stunt team in the form of Jesse and Trixie. Then on the other half, you see this perfectly um, a detailed Bo Peep and the leaping sheep next to uh, next to her, and she is the centerpiece of that. There is a lot of reds and oranges in the first half with the Jesse Trixie area. When you get to Bo Peep, you get to a lot more blues and greens. It's um, all of this is not brightly lit; it's not dimly lit. But it is softly lit so that it really feels, oh, it feels joyous. Because one of the challenges of Toy Story Land is that it is so hot outside in that asphalt. I don't like to be there unless it is the winter during the day or at night the rest of the year. It just is, can be a little overwhelming. There's not enough shade trees and so forth boy, this makes it up. If you if you want a, a, a tremendous experience indoors with Toy Story, this happens to be it. And so you see those two acts play out each in each side of the room and then down the center, you see um, down the center you see the third thing that was advertised, the amazing rope and Woody. Um, and what you see is a cutout of, and this is really where we start getting into some amazing details. You see a cutout, kind of like, and it's kind of like the kind of cutouts where you um, where you have a um, a game piece that sticks in a little grooved stand, so it stands up. So you have this, um, uh, Woody has the, and the Bullseye are in this little grooved, cutout piece and then in the middle there's some desert um cactus kind of looking thing all very done um, in a in a comic style and then in a very different style you see Emperor Zerg and there's a rope that Andy is tied all the way across looping around Emperor Zerg what makes this besides being kind of the kind of the centerpiece dividing the two rooms what makes this so cool is when you go to the other side because these little cutout pieces that you have in a game board usually is only one sided when you go to the other side you see that andy has literally re-imitated woody and bullseye by coloring in and doing his own drawing on the opposite side of this. This is so, I mean, this really is, a, and, and all of this is against the corrugated um, cardboard. This is a brilliant, brilliant set of details. Now the design aesthetic, I tried counting and it seemed to me I could see 12 different, about a dozen different design styles. That, that would have been used. You see a very 50s Western Rodeo um, wall that, um, that suggests maybe the original Roundup Rodeo that maybe he didn't have, but he was trying to imitate here. Um, you see, you look at the ceilings, which have game boards similar to what um, you find in Toy Story Mania, but far more elaborate, far more detailed, and far more tied, of course, to um, to Toy Story. Um, you see on one end, and you see tables and chairs everywhere, lots of different chairs. In one image, you see a hotel, a Western-style hotel with different cutouts that were part of it. And, and, and a lot of the animals which you see in Toy Story Mania show up Throughout this, is little cutouts in here, and Andy's drawn some cutouts of different people, including, you know, his his mom and and his sister and others. You see in that same image of the hotel, you see that the that the back to the chairs there is actually a ruler, the standard school twelve-inch ruler. Um, one of my favorites, and this is a hint. You should ask for this. I think it's worth having it there is in one back corner a mine, a mine themed out to the prospector. There's even a sign of the prospector saying, there is gold in them, there are hills. And inside this mine, it goes into kind of an angle as the angle of the cardboard box. And he has drawn his own little mine inside. And there's a setting, there's a table and chairs setting its table for. um, might be widened out for five, but but you have your own little and a little bat similar to the bats you see in um, the mine scene in Toy Story Mania. It is so cute. It is your own. It's almost their their own little not chef's table, but it's their own little intimate table in the back there. Very cool. One wall is entirely a jigsaw piece, but there's one piece missing, and you see the core. You see the cardboard backing. On the back of this piece, where the where the um, where the jigsaw puzzle goes, there are so many props all over. One is a milk carton, and in that milk carton it says November. Tw- it's you know how you all have in a milk carton an expiration date for the milk. It says November twenty second, um, pound ninety five A one thirteen. November twenty second ninety five represents the day in which Toy Story premiered back in 1995. 113, I don't know if that was the time of day it premiered, but it depends on the time zone, I suppose. But at any rate, that is represented on the milk carton. And here's my favorite little... I mean, you're going to have your own favorite details. And I haven't even begun to cover all this. You're going to want to look at the video and the pictures to see so many other little... T- I would... I. I didn't come with a list of all the characters in Toy Story with a checklist to say, are they here or not? But I would, I would it would be a stretch in my mind to think that there is anybody not represented in this restaurant. It is so detailed out. But my favorite thing is actually kind of, as you go um, toward the entrance, up against the wall is a um, postcard. Which has been attached to the wall with thumbtacks—a blue and purple thumbtack—and it says Andy's Rootin' Tootin' Rodeo. But what it really is is Andy's written on top of what was "Greetings from Rodeo Camp," and on the side it says Triple R Ranch, and at the top it says Yippee 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 O, and the image represents. Um, if you come f- far back into the days of the Mickey Mouse Club in the 1950s, um, the Triple R Ranch series, Spin and Marty, and that whole gang, and which was just for so many people something they grew. So you see images similar in Toy Story Mania, where you see toys that have played out over the decades. They have images that play out and artistic styles that play out over the decades. Very clever in terms of the overall design. I have to say this is, I have to think about it, but one of the most themed out restaurants I have ever been to in any Disney restaurant worldwide. It is quite up there. There's some really good ones. I'm thinking of Shanghai Disney. Um, Castle, that I I love, um, Navigation Company um, and Adventureland, the Jungle Cruise um, restaurant. Uh, There's many I like and and well-themed and lots of hidden Mickeys and lots of Easter eggs and details, but this one is no less and certainly competes among the best. So then we get to the actual meal. Oh my goodness. First off comes a set of three salads along with Prospector's homemade cheddar biscuits. Those biscuits are served with a sweet pepper jelly. The biscuits were amazing, but the jelly made it even one of the best and I my I had a stepfather who did jalapeno his own jalapeno jelly. This was tops in terms of really having a little bit of a kick, but a really wonderful sweetness to it. Um, So good. Came out with three salads. First was a tomato salad, which had tomatoes, cucumbers, pickled red onions tossed in a white balsamic vinaigrette and garnished with fresh dill. Um, You had Rex's romaine and kale salad. The romaine and kale mixed with green apples, pumpkin seeds, dried cranberries, along with the green goddess dressing and a watermelon salad, which was cubed watermelon garnish with freshly torn mint leaves. Um, you can't ruin a watermelon salad. And I don't think the mint did it, but it wasn't exceptional. And I wouldn't say it was a jump ahead of the watermelon salad you would have gotten at... Um, and by the way, I have to tell you, your table, your, 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 your plate is a paper plate only it's done kind of in a ceramic metal. I don't think it breaks easily, but it looks like a paper plate and it's so clever and yet um, perfect for this. It is, you know, it's not paper. It's it, it's really very cool. But at any rate, the watermelon salad was fine. The romaine kale salad was probably the most disappointing. Didn't see a lot of pumpkin seeds, couple of dried cranberries, It didn't seem well mixed. Don't know about the green goddess dressing. I could have used a little bit more, whatever they did have. I kind of like the tomato salad the best of the three. Um, Probably because I thought the pickled red onions with the tomatoes were really good. And overcame the cucumbers, which I'm not a big fan of, but didn't seem to matter. So I would say the tomato salad for me was a little better, but I think results will vary. And who cares because you got the shutter biscuits with the sweet pepper jelly then comes the meats a hearty serving of house smoked meats as they would put it the first are evil dr smoked ribs uh fall off the bone pork ribs slow cooked for hours in their own little smoke house that they have um i i'll talk about each in a minute but let me uh let me let me read them first Then you have Buttercup's Brief Biscuit, which is a hand-sliced beef brisket, smoked, then slow-cooked to juicy perfection. Barbecued chicken with style, that's brined for 48 hours, rubbed with a a backyard barbecue sauce, and then smoked. And then something called a sausage in my boot, which does not, uh, the title does not engage me, but it is a spiced pork sausage, fire grilled over live oak, but then it's curled up with a, a toothpick through it. And so it's in a kind of a coil form when you get it. There's some tomatoes and peppers kind of added to complement the display of it. Um, nothing, all of it was just really solid. There was nothing disappointing in any of this, including the sausage actually was probably... Th- um, the most surprisingly good thing. I thought it worked out really well. The chicken was very tender. The beef brisket was plentiful. And I really enjoyed checking out the different sauces. There was a standard sauce, which is just pretty much a standard barbecue sauce. That was fine. There's a sweet sauce that worked out really well. And then there's a the spicy and I hard, I wouldn't say it's spicy, like with, a with a spicy kick. I'd say it was more of a, vine- a vinegar style, but it was a red, it was still a red um, um, uh, barbecue sauce. I tried them all, especially with the beef brisket. And um, I almost wish I had ordered more biscuits because I think it would have been interesting to try that and the barbecue sauce and the and the biscuits together the brisket with the biscuit. I think that would have been good. I put the smoked ribs toward the end. There was nothing wrong with those. They were great. Um I just don't like using my hands and so forth. They did kind of fall off the bone. That is true, but you know, you still kind of have to play with it and so forth. So I kind of put that to the end. By then I was I was getting really full. I wish I'd started with those because they were really, really good. If you run, if you get, if you want more, they bring out more. That's uh, shown in the um, the assortment of sides that they have here, um, and those sides include the following: you choose four of the following sides: the married spuds, which are loaded potato barrels. Grizzled with green goddess dressing, cheese sauce, and seasoned barbecue spices, force pickle, fried pickles, jumbo jumbo pickle spears coated with a dill-flavored breading and fried to perfection, slinky dog mac and cheese, spiral pasta and a creamy cheese, creamy house-made cheese sauce topped with crumbled cheddar crackers, kind of like the fish crackers, bucking bacon baked beans, a traditional barbecue kind of type bean, cowpoke corn on the cob, grilled and seasoned with a chili lime spice blend, cilantro, cojilla, cheese, and lime juice, mean old potato salad, home style with red skin potatoes, veggie slaw, crunchy veggie slaw, that is, um, and a campfire roasted vegetables, variety of seasonal vegetables. I didn't see that. I ordered... The corn on the cob, the baked beans, the mac and cheese, and the potato salad. I asked, before I ordered those, I asked if it might be possible for me to try one of the fried pickles. And the response was, oh, don't worry, order your four, and then whatever you want, we'll bring out more of whatever else you want. Well, so I ordered the... Um, the mac and cheese, the baked beans, the corn on the cob and the potato salad. And the first thing I did before I even ate the meat is I tried, I tried the um, mac and cheese and it was warm. It was, um, it was not dry. It was moist. It was, I liked the texture of the crackers on top. It tasted really good. Now, I came back to them later, after I had eaten so many other things. And I have to say, at that point, it was kind of bland. It didn't really do anything. I also have to say, the baked beans were nothing special. They did have some sausage meats kind of thing, cut up, diced in there. I was looking for something with either more of a kick or more of a um honey style or something with a sweetness to it it was just pretty it was just it, it wasn't bad but it wasn't it wasn't memorable um the corn on the cob was like the ribs i wanted to kind of put it toward the end but after i had one i said i cut, thought to myself oh my gosh i want i want i want five of these they were so good they were cut up into small pieces I like that's similar to the kind you see at the Epcot festivals, but I don't like eating that kind of stuff and getting my fingers messy. But it was worth it. That corn on the cob was so good, and I wish I had ate it sooner. But by then I was stuffed. And then the potato salad, that was surprisingly good. I really liked the coldness of it. I it was more, um, it was more of um, puree with chunks of potato as opposed to just chunks of potato. Um, it was a great potato salad and it was a great compliment to everything. I wish I had tried the married spuds. I was okay not to doing the vegetables. I didn't think they were going to do anything unique there or in the veggie slaw. I wish I had tried the married spuds because you know just to see what the green goddess dressing on that and all that would look like. But it reminded me so much of what you get at the at the counter service restaurant outside. I didn't think that was worth it. But behold, after I had ordered these four things, guess what shows up? Not one, but five in a bowl of the um, of the fried pickles. And it had, and I'm not a big pickle fan. I just wanted to try one. I ended up eating two. Great texture, very warm out of, out of the oven. Great texture, Um, again, not a big pickle fan, but I think it's way better than the fried pickles you get at Disneyland uh, when you order them off off at the the restaurant on Main Street. I think this, uh, between four orders plus the pickles, four different meats, three different salads, and, oh yeah, the cheddar biscuits, I'm telling you, I'm rolling stuffed here. Now, I should also mention there's some really good uh, plant-based offerings. There's a slow-smoked cauliflower. would have liked to have tried that. Um, an oven-roasted bratwurst and an impossible rib chop. Having tried impossible meats at the Epcot Festival. I'm sure those would have all been pretty good, too. Uh, certainly gives you a variety. So don't feel like you are out uh, for the count. You're going to find something here. Um, the drinks I did order, you know, I really miss strawberry lemonades, which were a standard and then they kind of made an exclusive upgrade, but I thought, you know, I'll do that. Um, and so I ordered, uh, a non-alcoholic, um, uh, party text strawberry lemonade with gummy worms inside. They were kind of marinated gummy worms. They're kind of hard to get out, but they're very tasty when you got it. I saw the kids next door with a mason-style jar. I thought that was their dessert. It was actually the frozen cocoa, which I wish I had tried. It had miniature marshmallows. I think I would have liked to have tried that instead. There's a bunch of alcoholic offerings. I don't go into that. But dessert, they had a whole variety of But they are, and they are in mason jars too, but surprisingly very small mason jars. Um, Very small desserts. Now, to be honest, by the time you have eaten all this, and you can have more if you want, by the time you get to this point, a Billy's chocolate silk pie or a lemon and blueberry cheesecake or a goat's apple pie or a gruff's peach strawberry pie, which is also a plant-based offering, you're just stuffed you are just stuffed so honestly four or five bites of the dessert was just plenty to get that sweetness and i went with the peach strawberry pie nothing overwhelming but still really a solid um dessert enjoyable i would like to try the others on a future occasion i overheard the server talking to the kids next door i found some great cupcakes in the garbage if you want I'll bring you one of those cupcakes I'm thinking. Okay, what is this? I thought okay, it's going to be a cupcake with gummy worms in it. No, instead, it was a cupcake with Forky. Remember Forky kept hopping in the garbage can and he is in the center. He's the centerpiece of kind of a cookie, a sugar cookie in the centerpiece of a of a little cupcake, not a big cupcake, but very cool. The offerings are are massive. They are just Massive and I was stuffed. I did not have dinner. I have not eaten since noon today and I'm recording at 10 o'clock in the evening. It I was that full from that. From a price point of view, the total was $45. There were no discounts offered for annual pass holders or uh, cast members. I was also given a kind of a no-show party tax of $6.50 for because the second person hadn't come along. Um, I've not been given that before. I've had other times where I've had groups of five, say six and only five showed. They don't make a big to do, but it was half the party in this instance. With the final, with the final taxi amount came out to 54.85 for one person. Um, let me tell you, um, for me, the, um, uh, I had to give a greater gratuity. I always give a 20% gratuity. That's a standard thing. I gave much more. The server was outstanding, very fun, very dynamic. And oh, I should mention, there are these events that happen in the middle of dining. The best and most talked about is the idea that Andy's coming and he's looking for his belt buckle. Remember the belt buckle that's sitting outside? but everybody goes into freeze mode in the restaurant. No matter what they're doing, they freeze. It's only for about 15, 20 seconds. I have a little video I'll put onto um, DisneyInsights.com. It was a cute little touch. There were other little things. I don't know if I quite got them, but all in all, there was a great little dynamic going on in the restaurant. It was really good. Now, you know, there's an interesting thing. When you go and you look for um, restaurants at Disney and you are going onto the app and you are doing a search for barbecue restaurants. So you go to their list and guess what? You can poke, you can, you can You can click for African, Asian, bakery, British, Cajun, Creole, Chinese, Cuban, French, German, Greek, Indian, Irish, Italian, Japanese, Latin, Mediterranean, Mexican, Morocco, Norwegian, Polynesian, seafood, steakhouse, sushi, Spanish, even American. There's no entry for barbecue. I kind of understand that because it's a question about how many barbecue places are there? In truth, you could take a place like Ohana, with its grilled meats, or Asana, which does bar um, grilled and and smoked items as well, um, and you could consider them barbecue places. But because they have an African or Polynesian type um, uh, theme to the cuisine, um, you don't think of it in terms of American barbecue. When you think of American barbecue. These choices at Walt Disney World come to the top. Probably one of the most famous is Whispering Canyon um, and its restaurant. It too has been table table dining where they bring you out plates and you share family style sharing. And who cannot absolutely love Disney's Wilderness Lodge, truly one of the most perfect resort hotels on property. So that's probably why it's really kind of disappointing when you get to Whispering Canyon because the food is okay. It's just okay in my opinion. It should be better, much better. In fact, the service when I went last time was disappointing. We waited 25 minutes to get a refill on some stuff that we all wanted more of, and and it wasn't even that great of food. It was it was a fr- it was at times even a frustrating experience. And frankly, as loud as the Toy Story experience, maybe even louder in terms of its setting. Now, you have Flame Tree Barbecue over at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And you can't deny that is a beautiful, natural setting, um, especially if the weather's right or it's the evening hour. And the food is pretty good. Not great, but it's pretty good. I recommend just a slice of cornbread if you have a chance. Regal Eagle Smokehouse came along just before the pandemic. I even want to say this Toy Story barbecue place was announced before Regal Eagle. But Regal Eagle has a very cute setting. It really took the old Liberty Inn setting that was there. It took it to the next level. And the food is good. Pretty good even. I wouldn't say it's great food. Um, but it is very affordable. And that is, and it's an air conditioned place inside American Venture. I would say it's one of your best choices when you're going for casual dining in Epcot. The Polite Pig is a third party operation and perhaps in some ways you could say it's some of the best made food. I'm not a big fan of its setting, and in fact, I think the setting is kind of, huh, okay. Um, but if you like barbecue and you want a different choice than what we're talking about today, maybe that's your best choice. I have to mention Trails End because it had a lot of barbecue uh, kinds of choices and because the and trees, my good friends, they, they are really hurting because this is coming to an end. Rest in peace to Trail's End. I never found it to be a great buffet. I recommended that they go to Cape May for that buffet, which is the, about the same price range and was an outstanding experience. I don't know if I've done a review on that. Should, it was a pretty good experience. And then you have Hoop to Do, which... T- Nobody's going to compare. It is the best entertainment in town. Um, And the food is pretty good. Um, Certainly worthy of enjoying. It's a really good meal, but not in terms of the variety that you get at this restaurant. I should also mention, because some would say the Diamond Horseshoe has items that are Smoked or grilled or kind of barbecued. I'm going to talk about this because last week I took a business group. As I said, I do benchmarking programs. We spent the day at the Magic Kingdom with, a, with a, one of the major airlines and uh, leaders in charge of their corporate university and had a wonderful experience at the Magic Kingdom. It was a great experience. When I told them I had made reservations for the Diamond Horseshoe, one of the individuals was thrilled because she had grown up going to the Diamond Horseshoe as a kid with her grandparents, and they always made reservations at the Diamond Horseshoe. Now, back then, it wasn't counter service. It was brought to your table but the food was not remarkable. Um, I only ate there once back in 88 when we first came. But if it was like Golden Horseshoe, they were serving sandwiches on plain white bread in you know those, do you remember the old um, uh, foil wrap? Not foil, I'm sorry. Wax paper wrap that you would put sandwiches if, okay, with chips, i.e. frito the uh, Fritos and a soda and maybe, maybe something for dessert like ice cream. Let me just say, um, it wasn't a great menu back in the day, but it was great entertainment. They had one of the best shows right up with hoop to Do. That said, when I took my guests to the Diamond Horseshoe, I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed by the presentation of the food not that any of them made me sick but nothing was memorable and everything was at times goopy to include the dessert it was in my opinion slop and in fact the way they kept the tables clean between um between um uh different times during the dining experience which they paid no attention to. The service was marginal at best. Um, It was okay at best, but it was slop food. And I have to tell you, in my view, that has become the worst dining experience I have had at Walt Disney World by far. I can't even compare it to another poor dining experience. It is off the chart in terms of its quality and was a very disappointing experience. This may be a good time while I'm talking about the Diamond Horseshoe, is to mention that a couple uh, couple of podcasts ago, I spoke of restaurant experiences in Frontierland at Disneyland Paris, which at the Lucky Nugget, their version of the Diamond or Golden Horseshoe, is a full-service dining experience. And I said there isn't any other full dining experience, except I remembered Tokyo Disneyland, But somehow in my remarks, I think it came out as Disneyland when I recorded it. In truth, I was talking about Tokyo Disneyland. It has not only a full service restaurant, but a number of shows over the years, similar to the original Diamond Horseshoe show, but with variations based on Toy Story, Woody, um, Jesse, and Mickey and Company. Uh, I don't know that they have renewed those shows since COVID. They are coming out of COVID much slower. But if in the next year or two you get a chance, you may wanna take advantage of that. It is very similar to the Diamond Horseshoe in terms of how it's laid out and its look and feel. And um, and they produce a very expensive, to be honest. But that tells me that, hey, there's, there's money to be made. If you have an expensive show, people will pay for it to see that great show. Anyway. You might want to check that out. Check out also our Disneyland Paris series. And oh, by the way, my podcasting host, Podbean, told me that the last podcast, which showcases Sinbad storybook voyage and the compass of your heart, was actually podcast number 400. Hooray! Where has the time been? At any rate, the problem is, is that the numbering system is a little off and I need to have that really checked out. But at any rate, be sure to check out that podcast and be sure to subscribe so you can check out all those podcasts. Long and short, hey, this was a far more remarkable experience than I had ever thought it would be. And by the way, I have been complaining about how slow it was. If somebody had come to me and told me, well, besides COVID, the reason why it's taken so long to get this restaurant ready is because there are so many themed details to it. It's just taken us so long. I would have said, yeah, really until I walked in it. And I got to tell you, I don't know how they pulled it all together. There is so much to this restaurant. Is it the best restaurant at Disney's Hollywood studios? There is nothing like the fine dining experience of the Brown Derby, which is my number one favorite restaurant at Walt Disney world. I also really love the settings of Primetime Cafe and Sci Fi Dine In. Um, Sci Fi Dine In really takes me back to my childhood and those kind of and the whole di- drive in. Um, but I don't think kids really understand the drive in concept. They understand Toy Story, they'll get it. Primetime. Primetime has wonderful black-and-white shows that you see and a great little menu to go with it. No problems there. The staff, which I have said in previous podcasts, treat themselves like dysfunctional family members who have a vendetta against somebody at the table, and it does not work, and somebody really needs to address the performance theming of the cast. They're not bad people. It's just how the whole thing somehow has eroded into a dysfunctional family setting. Where I'm going with this is, hey, you got kids. This is really the restaurant. They're not going to want the Brown Derby. They're not going to understand the other two. And Mama Melrose and all the other, they're going to get this. If you're going to do a fine dining and oh, by the way, the air conditioning is included. This is your restaurant. You definitely want to check it out. And remember, Dave and Leah at Out the Door Travel can help you figure that out. That does it for this Disney insights podcasts I keep wanting to say Disney at work and play you know that's our old podcast that's our old website gotta to learn to say Disney insights so glad for this new name and so glad that we can offer you many insights we got some great things ahead of us I'm gonna do an additional podcast soon maybe in the next one maybe in two or three podcasts depending on how the week's announcements go we got the shareholders meeting next week um, but I do want to do a podcast that compares all Toy Story Experiences across all Disney um, parks globally. So, we're going to have a chance to do that at some point. That's why you need to subscribe because, hey, you're, we've got so much to offer. And please, would you just share it with somebody else? Hey, check out this podcast, check out this review, check out this um, article. Whether it's a post or a podcast, please help others find it through your support. Thank you so much. In terms of support, check out the Wayfinder group. You know what that is. We talked about it. It's our Patreon group. Got some cool stuff in it. Go check that out. And again, in the words, a Sinbad storybook voyage. Always follow the compass of your heart. Have a great day. We'll see you real soon.